Tim, Mac, great to have you again. Tim, it feels like only about 12 hours since I last saw you, and it was because you came to our event last night and we had a packed room. So uh, this is great. I get Tim Quayle twice in 24 hours. Did you have a successful evening last night? Yeah, it was fun. I've been wanting to, to get stuck into chat GPT for a little while now. I have a day job and a family with young kids. So it's sort of aspirational, but it was nice seeing some of the stuff together. Well, yeah, no event these days survives without a bit of chat GPT or generative AI and uh, no podcast survives without talking about it. So thank you for getting that one uh, in there. Matt, we, we haven't seen you for a while. We've moved from our old sticky floor, dark nightclub into somewhere much more upmarket. So hopefully we're going to get you back in uh, code mode again before too long. Yeah, I guess I haven't been coming because I feel like, you know, you've gone into a place that's too fancy now. I need the old sticky nightclub dance floor to be really comfortable coming along. Anyway, thanks for having me again, Matt. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome. Matthew Grant here, CEO of Instec. Now, we know many of you are inviting us along to join you for your run commute, walk, or even mowing the grass. But I learned last week that the Instat podcast is also being used to set the music in at least one luxury spa. Thanks, Jan, for sharing that one with us. Now, as you can probably tell, we've got a lively couple of guests this week, and we're going to cover a lot, including an update on some other companies in our global network. But of course, MGAs play a really important role to help cover new areas of insurance protection and allow insurers access to special knowledge and clients they would struggle to get on their own. Now, one advent is making it easier to set up and launch an MGA, and cyber is an area with lots of opportunity for innovation. So if you enjoy listening to this even half as much as I enjoyed recording it, you're going to learn a lot and you're in for a treat. Well, let's just crack on with the show. Uh, so first of all, a bit of introduction to One Advent. So you are a specialist MGA services platform, and you are supporting what I think is a fascinating range of insurance businesses, some of which we know quite well, setting up in the UK. And your role really is to allow those companies to focus on building their businesses, creating insurance products, distributing those products. And you're based here in London. And the MGA platform was launched back in 2017. And Tim... You are the uh, COO. Welcome. Thank you. And Matt, you are Chief Strategy Officer at Cabell Cyber. Matt Jones, for those who don't know you. And uh, you are something of an Instec podcast veteran. And we'd had you back on episode 176 when your prior role. We'll talk a bit more about that later on. So thanks for coming back and joining us. Thanks for having me. Great to be back. So Tim, we've touched a bit on what One Advent does. But I mean, if you just kind of cut to the chase, what was the core problem that was behind the reason for launching one advent? I think the obvious one is speed to market. What we provide as a platform is a way for early stage insurance businesses to get to revenue quicker. And they can do that by leveraging some of the tools and infrastructure we have, using our expertise, working with our team. The other one is execution risk. We work a lot with businesses who've established overseas or businesses that their core business line is outside of insurance, but they're looking to get into insurance or even insurance professionals who've worked in much bigger organizations. And what they want is that experience about how to pull together all the components to launch an insurance business. And that's what we can provide in our platform. And so they weren't going down a platform like One Advent. What was the alternative for somebody launching an MGA 
themselves. There are so many different elements that need to be pulled together to launch an insurance business. Unless you're planning on employing an army from day one, you've got to leverage off experienced partners. And that's where we come in. So a team of underwriters who are real specialists in a niche area, and they'll say, look, we want to do our thing. We know this really well, and we want to work with someone who will pick up all the other bits for us and, and support us in that. And so that formula works really well. And then there are businesses that have seen success over overseas. And I know you're going to talk to Matt in a minute about Cowbell, but who are looking to launch into the UK market and they want someone who can help them get it set up and they want someone who can help them through those early years and help them get everything in place so that they can be successful in the UK. And so businesses leverage us in different ways, but ultimately it's about speed to market, getting to revenue quickly and managing that execution risk by having people who know what they're doing, who've done it before, who you can leverage off. Yeah, it reminds me of the analogy I come back to quite often actually about why I occasionally do my own DIY or home improvements just to remind myself why I can go and pay professionals to do the plumbing or the electrics or painting because uh, you realize that many things in life you shouldn't actually do it yourself. And I guess, Tim, you are the equivalent of the uh, the plumber or the electrician for MGAs around the world. That will be our new strapline <laughs> as, of, as of when this goes out. Far more reliable than the last plumber that I hired, though, uh, Tim, don't worry. <laughs> so far. Yeah, people are very reluctant to hand out recommendations for their uh, tradespeople these days because it's so hard to get. And then, Matt, we're going to come and talk a bit about Cowbell Cyber in a minute. But uh, just, Tim, before we go over to Matt, I mean, your background is slightly different from this. You were more focusing around building out technology, and, and then you basically were part of the team that launched One Advent in 2017. What was it at that point that took you from a different industry and, and decided this is where you wanted to, to go for the next stage of your career? My background was all in launching and building out tech services businesses. We sort of got a flavor for insurance by building some back office systems, bit of policy admin, claims, distribution systems, and got to understand the industry quite well. But my interest has always been business rather than tech. And so as a tech service provider, we have this great kind of frontline view on all these interesting businesses who are looking to grow, having problems, issues, looking at how tech can give them an advantage over competitors or de-risk or be more efficient. And so you get this great insight into how the successful businesses achieve success, how the businesses that fail, where they've gone wrong. And looking at the insurance world, I think everyone would say that there is plenty of room for tech to be utilized better in insurance. And I'm not one of these people who bang on about how disastrous tech is in insurance. There is some really good tech being used really well. But I think everyone universally would say there's still plenty of room for tech to innovate and support insurance and make it more efficient and etc. With working with a number of the insurance businesses, you sort of learn that the kind of hurdle to getting into insurance is, is that bit higher with regulation and all the infrastructure that you need and all the legacy. And we looked at it and saw a real opportunity to come up with a specialist MGA platform or business platform that could provide a lot of those I guess, go back to our tradesman analogy, a lot of the kind of plumbing and wiring that these businesses need to help them get off the ground, but also a load of expertise that they can leverage off to get everything they need in play to make successful insurance businesses. Well, thanks for that. And that's a great link to, to Matt as one of your, uh, I guess, one of your partners. So Matt, Cabell Cyber, he's been in the news quite a lot recently, founded back in 2019 in California. Originally, you are an MGA. You announced $100 million of funding last year. Cyber MGAs, which is what you're doing, are a popular space. And obviously a lot of demand for that, also a lot of challenges with cyber. What are you doing at Cowbell Cyber and what is it that makes you sufficiently interesting to organizations and, and investors to give that kind of level of funding to you? 
We have a very different approach when it comes to um, underwriting, so risk selection and risk improvement in particular. At the core of the Cowbell proposition is this idea of the cyber risk pool, which for all intents and purposes you can think of as an enormous database of every piece of information that we can collect about all of the companies that are in that database. We have 35 million businesses in there today, just over 30 million in from the US and uh, just under 5 million from the UK. And what that enables us to do is take a pre-assessment approach. So before a broker or an agent comes to us and asks us for a price, we've already been monitoring that company for a number of years. We already have a point of view on that business, its insurability, how much we should charge that company. What we're actually doing in the process of assessing that risk is benchmarking that company against everyone else in the market. And that's a very different approach to the other MGAs and in fact, incumbents that are in the space. So we're focused on SMEs. We have a single vertically integrated platform that enables us to rate, quote, and bind in under five minutes. And Matthew, you're absolutely right. It's a very popular space. But today, there are only three scaled international players in cyber, and Cowbell's one of them. Oh, that's fascinating. Just a quick question on, on where you get the information and to profile those 35 million companies. Is that publicly available information, or are you also tapping into proprietary databases and other sources that add to the value of what you're doing? It's a real mix. And if uh, if there are any insurance or reinsurance companies that want to come and, and learn a little bit more about how we do this, then please get in touch. But it's essentially all sorts of information that comprise, for example, outside in, inside out. We collect dark web information. We're bringing information from other applications, claims data, for example. It's a mix of uh, information that we go and get ourselves. It's a some information that we go and pay for where we can't get information fast enough, for example. So it's a total mix of all of the above, essentially. Great. And there's, there's those people that aren't familiar with that outside in, inside out terminology. Essentially, and tell me if I got this wrong, but inside out is where you actually get access behind the firewall to the company, obviously without permission. So you get a sort of visibility into what's happening versus outside in is when you're looking at it from the sort of publicly available data or, or other proprietary sources of data. Have I, have I got that? Correct. That's exactly right. Our take on inside-out data is uh, what we call Cowbell connectors. So we'll use APIs to connect up with your instance of Google Cloud or AWS or Microsoft 365 in order to, as you said, be able to get behind the firewall to collect information about how that company has set up its, its systems. And we're also able to use that information to benchmark that company against others in the industry. And then we can also feed it back to the company and enable that business to understand if their configuration has either accidentally or maliciously maliciously started to deviate from what we would expect to see in that space. And then just now talking about your move into the UK and the decision to work with One Advent, what are the kind of challenges you've got? You've got some good backing with your venture capitalist. You could probably go and hire a bunch of people to, to set up an MGA. So why did you choose to go down the sort of partnership route with One Advent? So there are a few things that we, we had on our mind as we considered international expansion. So the first uh, kind of question was really around the technology. So we had to make sure that the technology that we have, we could lift and, and drop into the UK. Now, I call it lift and drop. If our tech team were on this call, I'm sure they would tell me off for making it sound that simple. But And I know they've done a ton of work over the last kind of two to three months. But uh, we had to make sure that the, the technology worked. Now, the interesting thing about cyber is that it is a horizontal peril. Almost anywhere in the world that you go, that peril, that risk that you face, that SMEs face, is very, very similar. And that contrasts with, 
for example, in property, you know, your East Coast wind model is very different to your Central European earthquake model. And so there's a big difference between what the, the characteristics of property as a line and how you get your head around that and how you get your head around cyber. So that was really the first piece. The second piece was really around finding the right team. And so one of my first roles when I landed at Calbell was to go and find the right people that could lead uh, Calbell in the UK. Uh, we brought on board uh, Simon Hughes from CFC, who's been phenomenal for us and is now spearheading our, uh, our business here in the UK. What we were really looking for and what we found in Simon was someone who's entrepreneurial and who's got a passion for actually building a business from scratch. So we were extremely excited to have him on board. And I know for a fact that many, many brokers in the market were also very happy that we, we brought Simon on board. And then finally, on the regulatory side, we knew we needed the right partner. We needed to be working with someone that really knew the space inside out. And hence, we landed with Tim and the team at One Advent. And I can talk a little bit more about why specifically One Advent in, in a second. So we were all modest Brits. So pretend Tim's not there. And tell me why you decided One Advent versus other choices you might have had. So we spent a lot of time scanning the market and getting to know people who were in a similar space. And let me start by saying we had a great set of conversations and we very much enjoyed meeting everyone and, and we thank everyone again for the time that they spent with us. I think what we particularly liked about One Advent were a few things. One was the, first of all, the entrepreneurial culture. From the first conversation that I had with Tim, very much kind of came across that he understood what we were trying to do as a small business, where we were trying to go, but also understood the kind of the customer base that we were going after. That was particularly important. Then there was the piece around long-term thinking. Tim hit the nail on the head earlier on when we were saying that we want a partner, yes, to get into the UK, but we're also thinking about beyond the UK. So not only what other products do we want to have in the UK, but where else do we want to go? That idea of long-term partnership was really important for us. And then the other piece I would say was they were really organized and they had a really good project plan. And I don't know if it's my background at working with the Swiss at Swiss Re and kind of my addiction to organization and, and planning, but it was really appealing and it felt like we were talking the same language. And given that you said, I, I've got to pretend that Tim isn't here, I'm sure Tim will be the first one to buy us all a round of drinks when we sell our first policy. So he's a good guy as well. Excellent. Well, Tim, great. Well done for that one. Tim, I just wanted to come back to the business model for one advent and your clients range from really quite small companies. I think some approached you even before they've actually launched and, and had funds. Can you just talk a little bit about more specifically for those types of companies in the early stages, what does one advent offer to them to help them get off the ground? And I guess even in some cases, just even validate whether they've got a business or not. I think the key for the really early stage businesses is, is flexibility. As you say, we get involved with some businesses from when it's sort of a concept and it, it, an early stage business plan. And so I think we can be quite useful in that kind of validation stage where where we can talk through assumptions, we can challenge them and we can help them to kind of formulate that idea. But once they've locked in that idea and then move into kind of launch, it, it's about being flexible. We have lots of businesses that have great plans and it's all mapped out and two months down the line half that goes out the window because actually one of the assumptions that we've now tested was wrong and actually we're going to have to pivot and and I think being able to be flexible and work with them and have a kind of support structure where we can respond as their ideas evolve I think is really important and picking up on a couple of businesses that you know well through Instech so Ar Armed are a business that we've supported since their launch and 
they're up and running, they're in the market, but at the moment we're doing a lot of work with them around getting their first bespoke product launched, getting them through a, a Lloyd's cover holder process, and also looking at, at how we could structure a joint venture in the US to launch some of their some of their products with a big insurer. OTT Risk, another business that, that you know well through Instec. At the moment, it's all about trying to crack the distribution structures um, so that we can get their first platform client in the US. We can get that business from the US back into London and trying to work out what pieces we need in place to enable that to happen. We launched or helped launch a business called Vento um, a couple of months ago, which is focusing on the microinsurance space. They're up and running. It's all go, but where we're helping them at the moment is that they probably got about a hundred conversations ongoing that all could be game changers for their business. And it's helping them to work out which of the two or three that that they should really be focusing on that that actually could could kick them onto the next level and, and, and cutting out the other the other 97. And Verve, another business that we launched in May or helped launch in May that have come across from another platform, it's binder renewal time for them. And so we're we're working with them through all the all the challenges that go around renewing binders, markets, Lloyd systems. And so it's really a it's a very different depending on where they are in their life cycle, we have to try and react to that and provide the right level of support. No, there's some great examples in there. And actually just sort of a little bit more around Armed and OTT as we know them well. In fact, Devon at Armed actually introduced us. So many thanks, Devon. I'm sure you'll be listening to this as you have all other 249 podcast episodes. But Armed's got a fascinating proposition of providing insurance for tradespeople and now linking that up to devices in the tradesperson's van. They do embedded insurance so they're offering the insurance coverage at the point of sale they're offering a very quick payment or a replacement for a tool so really fascinating business and, and Devon and Stephen actually had built a business before so I think that's you know one example that I can see why they're appealing and then OTT you mentioned this parametric insurance for non-damaged business interruption Matthew there was formerly a, a broker so you've got a slightly different perspective coming into it and I guess that a little bit sort of plays into presumably from your side there's a selection process as well so as well as people like Matt choosing who they want to work with, I assume that you're also, well, I'm sure you are looking at the people coming to you and figuring out if those are going to be viable business propositions as well. We like working with interesting businesses and and ultimately we want to work with winners, right? And go back to the, the, those are two very different businesses in terms of their setup. So the ARM guys, are they're all, their background's all in IoT, right? They're tech guys. Insurance is completely new to them. And so we provide a, a huge amount of information for them about how to navigate the insurance industry and, and what they need in place. And they, they leverage off a lot of our, our kind of back office inf- infrastructure. OTT Risk is a different business. There's some real solid insurance credentials in there, but they're essentially a, a, a US uh, business looking to looking to build out this MGA proposition in London. And, and so I think for them, it, it, it's very much about kind of execution risk and, and having, a, having a trusted partner who can help and get the right structures in place to get launched. And, and related to that, I've got actually a question to maybe just get the answer from both of you, because you've both got interesting perspectives on this. But Tim, with you, first of all, so as you're looking for the capacity or you're helping your, what do you call it? Do you call them clients? Do you call them partners? How, do, how should we refer to the friends of one advent? Members, I don't know, clients, partners, whatever, whatever, uh, members, yeah, whatever works. Partners. partners, we'll call them partners. Okay, uh, well, you can ask Matt what he'd like to be called. Actually, I suppose that's a good, that's a good test of uh, how he likes to be described. But we'll come to you in a second, Matt. So, so if your partners, capacity clearly is really important in terms of you know, any MGA being successful. You mentioned distribution as well, but 
a couple of related questions. What are you finding in the market that insurers and reinsurers are expecting from some of these early stage companies? And the kind of related question, how much of that work are you doing versus you're relying on a broker to go and find that capacity for your partners? On the capacity front for, for really early stage businesses, it, it is difficult at the moment. What we saw kind of three, four years ago, where you you come up with a with a cool sort of insure tech idea, you'd have a queue of capacity partners who are willing to have a go, kind of put their toe in the water. That's different now. And a lot of those guys got burnt by that, not through underwriting results, but just through the sheer amount of effort that they put in some of these ideas that, that ultimately then didn't deliver any scale. But there's always capacity partners are always in different cycles. And so they might be different names, but there are a number of capacity partners who are looking to support these kind of innovative businesses where we help is is helping them to work out what value they they're bringing and and be really clear about about what value because I think as an MGA business, you you have to be delivering value to the distribution chain now. You can't just sit there and clip points. You have to have a clear understanding of what you're bringing and whether that's specialist knowledge, access to distribution that that you wouldn't otherwise be able to access. There's got to be a clear idea of that. And so we, we work quite closely with those businesses to help identify and communicate what that value is so that when we're going in to conversations with capacity partners, we're really putting the best foot forward as to as to why they should be supporting this business, even though they don't have a track record of underwriting results. Yeah, and, and a quick plug for Instec, actually, if I may, we've been helping, and I think particularly some of your partners, I mean, we know people on the other side who've actually got capacity to allocate and what kind of businesses they're looking for, but also being, in many cases, the Lloyd's market or it's a broker-driven market, you'd need to have a broker for the actual placement of that capacity with the with the insurance market, presumably. We also are a broker from a transactional perspective, so that and so that works quite well. And I'm not for a second suggesting the role of role of binder brokers is is no longer. And, and a number of MGAs we work with work very closely with brokers who've been able to put quality capacity behind them. But there are a lot of instances where businesses come to us with established capacity relationships, or they get an introduction from you, Matthew, or or we're able to introduce them to a capacity partner we've worked with for years. And in those instances, they build a direct relationship with that capacity partner. And as a platform, we can be that transactional component that then places the business into the market. Good. Well, Matt, just getting your perspective, I mean, you've got the benefit of working at a large reinsurer. So you were, I guess, at some stages, you were looking to provide capacity or your colleagues were you were then a in a vc firm and you sat on the board of some of these companies looking for capacity and now you're involved in mga it's looking for capacity so you know i can't think of anyone else better to have a, a view as not just what are the challenges and what do people like but also to extend how that as tim says that's changing quite a lot over the last couple of years so we, we welcome your perspectives either generally or just specifically from your experience at cowbell yeah i think if i cast my mind back to the investment side for a second i think what was becoming more and more clear towards the end of my time on that side of things was that a lot of MGAs really weren't clear about what their edge was. And so, and I think that was often missing, right? And really just basic questions like, do you have an edge? Is there an edge in your business? What is it? What accelerates it? And what needs to be really true for it to be a, a real moat? And so I think that was re that's really been a big challenge. But I think just thinking more generally about if you're looking to start one of these businesses, the encouragement that I would offer is to think really deliberately about who you want around the table from an advisory perspective, from an investment perspective, insurance, reinsurance capacity, but also, of course, regulatory partners such as such as Tim and One Advent as well. Thanks. And then 
let's get back to how the two of you are working together. So Tim, back to you. Can you give a specific example of how you're starting to support what Matt and his team are doing with Cabell? Yeah, it, it's relatively early early doors in our in our working relationship. But I think Cowbell came to the UK with with sort of a clear idea of how how their capacity uh, structure was go- what it was going to look like, and for lots of good reasons they pivoted. And so we've had to we've had to quite quickly move to Plan B and quite quickly look at how we can execute that without ultimately pushing back pushing back any launch dates and and so i guess that's that's probably the first challenge that we've we've worked on together and and so far that seems to be kind of seamlessly moving forward in in, in a slightly different direction to that which had been envisaged but but ultimately in a good direction and then matt for you as tim says early days so feel free to talk a bit about what's happened and and uh, what you're looking forward to coming soon yeah i think Tim covered a lot of it in some of his answers to to previous questions. I think the thing that I've been struck by is that, you know, when you when you start out with one of these partnerships, there's a kind of formal document that outlines everything that you'll get for, you know, the the fees that you pay and everything. But I'm always interested in kind of what you get above and beyond that. And and I think that's where the team at One Advent have really come through. So not only have they gone the extra mile around ensuring that we are up and running on time and, and according to plan, but you know, the the team have really helped us navigate the range of partners that we could have been working with in the UK have been fantastic when it comes to introductions and being a thought partner around who we should be talking to in the space. But also just to, if we just take a step back for a second, you know, we are an overwhelmingly US business today. We have about 220 people in the company, about you know, 190, 200 of them are in the US. And so Tim and his team have been incredibly patient and helpful as our colleagues in the US get up and running with what it means to be operating in the UK, how the system works over here. And we're incredibly grateful for that. And and I think without that patience, without that, it would have been it would have been a lot more difficult than than it was. Well, I work for American company for 20 years, Matt. So uh, based in the UK with many of my colleagues in the US and my one advice for anybody working with a company in the US is to uh, is to remind them about time differences and have certain points today we say, I'm done. I'm not doing meetings late in the evening. I don't know if, if you've managed to get that bit managed with your colleagues, but if nothing else, well, <laughs> you need to manage that side of it. I haven't managed it, but my colleagues are very good at telling me to go to bed when it gets to like 11, 11 o'clock. So eventually I'll break the habit, but probably not anytime soon. <laughs> Set the rules early. That's my advice. Uh, so Matt, just keep going for you. So just in terms of your own experience of what you've seen, what you've done, uh, it'd be great just to get any of your sort of words of wisdom for people that are you know, looking at setting up an MGA or early stages, potentially might be going to work with one advent. But just what have you seen that defines success for these companies? And I'm thinking really from the the people perspective, uh, as well as the business model. But if I cast my mind back to when this kind of wave of insurtech began, kind of around 2014-15, it's gone through some really high highs and really low lows. And we've gone through a really interesting time the last couple of years in particular as we've as we've navigated COVID. If I think about the beginning of that period I've just described, you know, you had all all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds coming into insurance thinking that it was really easy and we'll kind of throw something together and and kind of see what happens. 
And I think what a lot of people realized is that you really need that blend of technology and insurance expertise to be able to get something up and running. Now, in cyber, you also need security expertise as well. So we have a kind of three-way challenge that we that we have to solve, or at least the founders have to solve at Cowbell to get up and running. So we've definitely seen a kind of maturity of the space and a kind of, you know, uh, again, to use the word I was I mentioned earlier on kind of more deliberate approach to building MGAs, which has been interesting to observe. I do think that in many cases, we still are maybe not seeing enough thought put into, you know, again, what is the real edge that a lot of these companies have and how do they succeed against both incumbents and other MGAs in the market? I'm still optimistic about the role that London has to play in in this space and and you know where we can where we think things will will head next but again not to sound super boring but i would come back to you know i think one of the biggest mistakes that i've seen people make is not thinking very early on about who they want around the table like who are those long term partners that you want but also need in order to make your idea a success and there are some great people out there in the market that can that can really help you you just have to you just have to find them yeah. And again, if I may, a quick plug for us, and that's where we can help as well. I mean, I absolutely agree that there are people out there, uh, and this is you know, linked to my question back to you, Tim, in a minute, you know, who are prepared to give some time, sometimes yeah, because they're motivated by wanting to get involved with to delegate or providing capacity or investment, but certainly getting the right people early on is, is, is a great lesson. And actually not always just always early on, you can get them through the journey as well. But Tim, so picking up on that, someone's listening, I think, actually, I've got an idea for an MGA. I might need a company like One Advent to go and help me. What can you offer to them in that early stage you know, as they sort of explore their business plan may or may not be a future partner to you, but how can you help them? I think come and talk to us. I love going through business ideas and business plans with, with people looking to start stuff. Uh, it's very similar to you guys at Instec and, and, and being that kind of sounding board, using our kind of collective experience of, of looking at what's worked and what hasn't worked and testing assumptions. That's where most of our, our, our kind of partners come from is is we engage at an early stage and, and we help them to kind of form those ideas and concepts and then we might form part of the solution we might not but yeah all, always really keen to talk to people who are looking to get something off the ground in insurance and just so from a practical point of view what happens next is somebody they, they're kind of intrigued by what you're doing how do they actually explicitly reach out reach out to me on linkedin email all my details are out on the on the on the web we're an sme business we we enjoy working with we're working with early stage businesses so yeah we're... great we'll put you in the episode notes and one advent you can just go and google it otherwise or tim quayle or uh find it on our member section but yeah they, basically if they can't find you after that they're probably not suitable for starting up their own business so you don't want to make it too easy for them. correct correct <laughs> and uh and then tim very much appreciate your support for instec as a a member you know early stage business like yourselves relatively early stage every pound or dollar you spend is, is really thought about carefully Love to hear what it was that you know, gave you the confidence to uh, to work with us and spend some money with us as a member. I think it's back to exactly what you were talking about before, Matthew. Uh, we had a number of our clients, partners who were members of Instec, and and it kept coming up in conversation. They kept talking about the the support and advice that they were able to access through the Instec organisation. And so it's not just the networking events and the and the slightly ropey Molbeck. It's it's who who they have access to, and ultimately who those individuals can can introduce them to and open doors. And and so yeah, a number of our clients uh, said, look, you've got to start coming down to these events. This would be a great place for one advent. And yeah, we came down to a couple. 
met yourself, met Robin, met some of your team, and we see it as a, a really important part of of getting out there, understanding what others are doing, and and hopefully meeting a few interesting businesses along the way. I think Robin's the one that's responsible for the ropey mail back, right? I think that may be correct. I was going to say, Tim, you've now you've introduced us to enough companies. I think don't tell anybody about this, but it's only the three of us after all. We do have a special list of the access for the superior wine for people that are special friends of Instex. So have a word with the, the chief entertainment officer and get you on that VIP list. And Matt, of you as, as well, of course. Uh, and then Matt, you know, a couple of similar questions for you. So first of all, anybody that wants to learn more about Cowbell Cyber, how should they contact you? And then also would like to have you as a member as well. So yeah, that might be the second, well, that will be the second question for you. But most importantly, how do they find out more about Cowbell Cyber? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are an insurer or reinsurer and would be interested in talking more about the business that we're writing and and having access to some of that risk, or if you're an investor in some way involved in the capital markets and you'd like to have a conversation about getting involved with Cowbell, you can absolutely feel free to get in touch with me. My name is Matthew Jones and I'm on LinkedIn. You can contact me at matthew at cowbellcyber.ai. And I'm very much always open for a conversation and, and figuring out what we might be able to do together. Brilliant. And again, we'll put the links in there. And yeah, same question for you around Instate. You've known us a while, but again, great to get your support now you've uh, joined Cowbell. Yeah, I mean, you guys on the Instate team have been fantastic for us at Cowbell, but also prior to prior to me joining Cowbell. It's super important to have you guys as that kind of core of the ecosystem in London, but of course, gradually also elsewhere. I, always, I saw that you guys were in New York a couple of weeks ago. And it's really important to make sure that we're able to continue developing the the space and make sure that you know we're able to that, that people are able to kind of make those connections within this space. So long live Instac. No, thanks, Matt. And actually, just for those people who prefer a high quality of wine, many thanks to Nigel Walsh and his teams at Google Cloud who provided some fantastic wines for our event we did with them in New York. So Tim, next year, New York, that's a place to go for where the nice wine is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to be on the VIP list as well, so don't worry too much. We'll look after you. Excellent. Well, we covered a lot in there. Is there anything from either of you that we didn't talk about that you would like to say a few words about before we wrap up? Matt, do you want to go first? Yeah, I would just like to apologize for the joke I made about my plumber at the beginning of this conversation. Jose, if you're listening, I'm sorry, and I, but I really need that my bathroom finished. So if you, if you could, <laughs> that would be great. Is he a big list now? To Matthew's podcast. Yeah, we, we catch up on it every every Monday morning. No, well, you should need to talk to Devin from Armed because uh, he's got, I'm sure he's got loads of plumbers that are using Armed now, given how successful they are. So there you go. There's a, you can meet the uh, the Friends of One Advent partner group and get, get yourself a plumber. Don't you think Friends of One Advent sounds like a support group, doesn't it? It sounds <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. We are your insurance support group. We, we counsel people through the trauma of launching insurance businesses. And provide plumbers on tap through our network of friends. Oh yeah, it's ten o'clock in the morning. I, I, hate, I hate to think what we're doing if we're recording this at like six o'clock on Friday evening with a with a decent glass of Malbec. We really would have gone off off track. Uh, Tim, before we wrap up, because we are almost up to the hour and you've got real jobs to go to or real work to do. Any other final thoughts from you? Anything we didn't cover, or just final takeaways for people that you want to leave them with ringing in their ears as they wrap as they wrap up or we wrap up. Yeah, I don't think anything we haven't covered, but just just to kind of pick up on some of the kind of themes from from myself and Matt, I think if you're looking to launch something in insurance, I understand. I think Matt called it your edge. I talked about the value you bring. Understand what that what that thing is that you have that makes you a little bit different to 
to everyone else and you can and work out how you can communicate that effectively to people and then long-term partners and whether that's whether that's funding partners capacity partners or or service partners looking to build those long-term relationships that you can you can continue to leverage off and understand that that things will change and evolve and they need to they need to be with you on that journey so brilliant okay well tim matt it's been a real pleasure as always always enjoy talking to you and we've got an awful lot in there so um that's great information for people and look forward to seeing you face to face. Maybe not tonight, Tim. We'll give ourselves we'll give each other 24 hours off, but you know, before too long. And Matt, do please come back and see us in the flesh. We're missing you. So don't leave I it too long. Do. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers, guys. We're delighted to have both One Advent and Cabell Sava as members of Instec. And if you want to find out more about how you can share your stories or find your next business partner and maybe even have some fun whilst doing it, then contact me, Matthew Grant, on LinkedIn. And for those of you listening in the US, and that is over 30% of our audience these days, if you're coming over to London, then please do let us know. If you're a member, we'll get you on stage for our special slot and our evening events. And otherwise, still a chance to turn up and see what's going on and take advantage of the Instec evening 60-second shout-out. Contact us, hello, at instec.co or Matthew Grant on LinkedIn, or even just go to the website, www.instec.co. That's it. We're done.